Today's podcast is brought to you by TheEngagedInvestor.ca, helping you find and present to joint venture partners. Get your free video training right now at EngagedInvestor.ca forward slash breakthrough. Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 43. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me again is the always delightful Sandy McKay. Hey Rob, how's it going tonight? Good, very good. How are you? How's the move going? The move, uh, I'm watching a few people move some things right now, actually. <laughs> oh, so you're um, just directing the traffic? Mostly, no, a little bit. It was some work today, for sure. I'm, I've been sweating. Yeah? Um, but it was okay, it was good, fun. You're So you're moving principal residences? Yeah, yeah. Do you wear the suit while you... While you're doing no. the move? <laughs> not, in, not, when it's, not, when it's, not when it's 30 plus degrees, no. No. All right. No. I don't think I've seen you out of a suit in the last couple of years. <laughs> you wear it today, shorts and a t-shirt, man. Good stuff. Yeah, it was too hot out there today. This weather's nuts. I like it. I wouldn't uh, wish it away for anything, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't complain, that's for sure. So everyone can go to our website and get our free gift, the seven freedom activators that you can trigger in your property starting right now. It is a fantastic free report that we wrote to help all of you investors, newbies, and even people that have been in it for a while that just want to own their skills a little bit, their landlording skills, and learn how to free up your time by doing the right things, taking the right steps, placing the proper ads, and getting the right tenants in, and what other things do we have in there, Sandy? You kind of nailed it all. Just really about freeing up time, right? Making the most effective use of your time, saving you some time for some uh, some enjoyment as well, some uh, some fun family time and all that stuff. Yeah, so you can still work your day job. That's right, yeah. As well, if you would like to learn more about us, you can go to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. We've got our bios and some links and a couple of articles on there, some other real estate investy things. And also, we're encouraging people to go over and leave comments underneath the episode that uh, you want to talk about. So if there's something you want to say about a past episode, just go on, click on the episode you're, you want to leave your feedback about, uh, share what you liked or learned, or even some of your own experiences. We would really enjoy to see what you guys have been up to. Then definitely don't forget to leave us some positive feedback and reviews on iTunes. You can go on there, click reviews, and just leave us a quick five-star rating. 
and let us know what you think on there. Love to hear that, and it really helps us get this podcast out to more people. Always appreciate that as well. Helps the show get bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just looking at some of the other uh, American real estate investing podcasts, you know, the ones that um, everybody knows. And yeah. and then I was comparing their uh, ratings and reviews to ours. And you know who I'm talking about. We've got more reviews than they do. So I was quite pleased with that. We've got 56. Uh, we've actually got 49 five-star reviews. And they've got 47. So that's pretty pretty darn good in my opinion. Yeah, I'm a pretty big deal, Rob, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, and we also have one more, since I read them last time, five-star review. So I'll read it. It's a big one. Oh, good. Thank you, Rob and Sandy, for the great podcast. I'm brand new to real estate investing, so listening to podcasts created by Canadians for our market is extremely helpful and inspiring. That's it. That is from Martha <laughs> nice. in Montreal. And uh, thank you very much, Martha. So what else do we have to talk about, Sandy? Oh, you know what? There's actually one more thing that I wanted to do, which was I, I know I've sent them to you and you've been sending them to me. So I have to start storing them in a place. But I do have uh, a bunch of listener emails as well. So I'm just going to read one of those. I won't read the whole thing because this one's pretty long. But I think they're worth touching on as well. This one says, Dear Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. My name is Sean, and I just wanted to take some time to reach out to you about your real estate investing and your podcast. I've been listening to your podcast for just over two months now, getting caught up from start to finish, and absolutely love it. I've been researching real estate investing ever since reading Rich Dad just over a year ago, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, just over a year ago. I believe that we are solely responsible for creating the life we want, which has led me to real estate investing. Finding Canadian content isn't always easy, which is why I think both of you are doing something extremely important. A variety of topics and strategies that are discussed have been extremely valuable for someone like myself looking to enter the industry. I hope that you have both been rewarded for your knowledge and hard work with this podcast. Well, that uh, email is reward enough, right, Sandy? Well, those are the best things, right? I mean... We're doing this for free, remember? So uh, anything. I remember. Uh, Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. So anytime you can uh, get a good email like that, it always keeps the energy for me at least up and uh, gets me inspired to create some more awesome shows. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should do some kind of like a Kickstarter or something like that because the biggest complaint we get is our audio equipment stinks. <laughs> I know. Right? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody complains about the quality of the audio. So if you'd like to donate towards the audio fund. There we go. Maybe we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just send us your email transfers. <laughs> yeah. Make it easy. All right. And then um, well, I think we're sounding good tonight. Yeah. We've got a good, great guest lined up. His mic's sounding good. Hey, Ben. How are you? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Oh, his mic sounds better than yours for sure. Yeah, we're, we're great tonight. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just the sweet voice. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to get to Ben in just one second, uh, or actually, maybe, well, I, I have something that I wanted to talk about, and Ben, you can uh, you can tell us your opinion on this, too. I've run into a situation where I've come across some, what I think are good deals based on the price and the market that we're in right now. The issue is that they're in, let's call it a challenging area of town. 
So what is what are both of your opinions on investing in those areas that, you know, really have that stigma and for a reason, right? They're just a mm-hmm. bad area. What's your opinion on investing in those type of areas? Well, for myself, I think uh, because I manage my uh, rental properties, I prefer to stay out of that. We call it the red zone here in Winnipeg or the core. Okay. Yeah, so I prefer to stay out of it. Uh, I'd rather spend a little bit more on the rental properties and uh, try to attract uh, higher-end tenants. So that's a specific area. It doesn't actually just describe the type of property you're thinking about. Yeah. Okay. What about yeah. you, Sandy? So you're, you're, for this example, you're referring to Oshawa, right? Yeah, I'm referring to, you know, basically. Because I know uh, it kind of, it's going to probably vary, I think, depending on the area, uh, depending on the specific areas, because mm-hmm. I don't know, like if I think about Hamilton, for example, there's a couple of areas here that for 50 years or something, maybe that for a long time, they've been terrible areas and they're still pretty, they're still very bad right now. They're, they're the stigmatized areas. Yet there's a couple of pockets in them that are still way undervalued. Yet there's you can kind of start seeing seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel. Like there's a little bit of turnaround, um, turnaround and then in somewhat near future. It could it's kind of hard to predict. Kind of you know it could be five years, could still be ten years. Well, I guess if you're However, already seeing it though, that's you're a good start, sign. You're just starting to see it though. I mean, it's like it's a bit of a stretch to say that, but. In the right area, I think it could still work. And if you can get in at a great deal now, it might be worthwhile. However, you'll put up with a couple of years of, if you're managing it yourself, some some stressful tenants probably. Right. I don't know. It's all, it's all up to the whoever's buying it's comfort level, really. If you're willing to stick it out for a few years and, and deal with a few rougher tenants, then it might have some big payoff if you're in the right type of area. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe... Uh... <laughs> okay, so this place, the, like specifically what I'm talking about, is in the very same area as I, I'm sure you remember my story about the about the place I was trying to sell where I had all the the issues mm-hmm. yeah. on the inspection with the uh, oh that was just a mess. But anyway, it's right beside that, and just because of my own experiences, it's really tough for me to even though I can tell like that it's a really good deal, it's still hard for me to present it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, get some listener feedback on that. If anyone has an opinion on how they do it, then I'd love to hear what, what everyone's up to out there. So mm-hmm. just email us at uh, info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca. All right. So uh, we've got Ben Echo Davis on the line here with us. I think I'm really excited because this is our first guest from Manitoba. Yeah. And uh, excited to have him on for sure. And Ben has been investing in real estate part-time since 2010. During the first five years of investing, Ben was involved in over 10 completed projects, utilizing multiple strategies, including joint venturing, flipping houses, buying and hold, bird dogging, private lending, and raising capital. And Ben is the founder and manager partner or managing partner of WeBuyHousesWinnipeg.com. And Ben's also a big believer in networking, helping other people find financial success. Fall of 2014, he founded TrulyInvested.ca which is a platform that allows investors to connect with other investors and vendors, an organization that hosts regular real estate investing meetups and workshops. Yeah, that's right, Sandy. And today Ben's going to talk with us about the importance of networking with a purpose and creating systems to help you scale up or manage investing while still working with a full-time job. 
How are you, Ben? It's good to have you. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's great to be on the show. I've been looking forward to this for a while. We met a couple years ago. Yeah, we met about uh, two years ago, and I think this is something we'll probably touch on a little bit about uh, mindset and, you know, just taking action and believing in yourself. I know in this business, you know, a lot of people feel like there's competition. And, you know, I guess I always thought, what do I have to offer compared to some of your previous guests? But uh, after talking with you a little bit and encouraging me to come on the show, I'm really excited to share some of my knowledge with your listeners today. Well, you know, you're a pretty humble guy. So you, you've done quite a bit of stuff here, and uh, we're going to touch on it all. And you certainly got a lot to share with everybody. So uh, let's just start with how you got started in real estate investing. Yeah, so uh, I was born in Nigeria, and my family moved to uh, Winnipeg when I was eight years old. And the way we grew up, like we weren't a rich family. We grew up in housing. And I remember going grocery shopping with my mom you know, we were there with our list and we had a calculator to actually add up all the groceries to make sure that we stayed within a, a budget. So growing up, saving money was always something that was uh, very important to us. And when I started working at after college at 20 years old, I continued to save money and I always was looking for different ways to invest my money. So I did the typical things that people would do, right? You invest in your RSPs or your tax-free savings and you know, you would get those statements in the mail. You don't really pay attention to it or read it. And, you know, I just started paying attention more to that stuff and realized, you know, I wasn't getting a good enough return on my money and uh, was looking for different ways to invest. So I had a friend who talked to me about investing in stocks and he started showing me how to invest in penny stocks. And that to me was even more confusing. And uh, one day on my way home from work, I, I heard an ad on the radio about a real estate investing seminar coming into town and they're going to teach you how to invest your money in real estate for higher returns. So I decided to attend one of those seminars. It was free seminar during the week and then you had to pay to go to the weekend seminar. And I'm sure we've all experienced that once you get to the weekend seminar, they upsell you into one of their courses and mm -hmm. not really having a network or I didn't really know anybody who was investing in real estate back uh, at the time when I first got started. I kind of felt like that was what I needed to to take that first leap into into my first deal. So I signed up for one of their packages. And to be honest with you, the, the information that I got from the, the seminar and their training, I, I don't I didn't find it was useful in, in, in investing. But I think it was more the amount of money that I spent. I felt like I had to go take action so that, uh, you know, I didn't want to felt like I, I lost my money or I just spent money on nothing. Right. Yeah, we definitely hear that consistently. Yeah, so I think it really just gave me the fire to just jump into it and, you know, try to make my money back with my first deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that they did teach you, though, was how to uh, look for foreclosures. They said, uh, try to find a, a local foreclosure auction in your city. So I came across one in, in Winnipeg here, and they usually post... Uh, all the foreclosures that are going on uh, on uh, their website. So there was an address in, in a part of town that I was familiar with, and uh, the reserve bid I felt like was a good price. I didn't know anything about ARV or fair market value or things like that, right? So I just knew the area, and I was comfortable with the reserve bid, and I decided to convince a family member to partner with me on this project, and we were going to buy this house from the auction site on scene. 
you know, being a first-time investor, I, I really wasn't sure of the financing process of, of an auction. So I went to the auction. I had my 20% uh, certified check. We bid on the property, and we were the lucky winners. I gave the auction house my deposit. I signed the contract. That's when I found out that you only had 30 days to bring the rest of the funds. If not, you're going to lose your deposit. Now, the next mistake that I made was that I was trying to get a mortgage to purchase the house. And typically, if you're going to the auction, you should probably go there with cash or private money, or you should have your financing lined up. But uh, fortunately, I was able to close the deal on uh, day 28 and uh, avoid losing my deposit and was able to get started on the project. That must have been a fun month. Yeah. You know what? I lost a lot of sleep. I've never been so nervous or I've never been so scared about losing money in my life. Uh, It was a big amount. And I really felt bad because I convinced a family member to partner with me. Fortunately, I had a friend who recommended me to a mortgage broker who was able to get us some private financing so that I could close the deal. Because, you know, banks want you to um, get into the house so you can have an appraisal. But I didn't have keys to the house. I've never seen the house or been inside the house, right? So, you know, a lot of banks really didn't want to touch a foreclosure project. So can you explain uh, just briefly what the foreclosure process is in uh, Manitoba, for example? I know in Ontario, we don't really have foreclosures. So I know it varies across the country. Can you just go over that, how that works? Like you mentioned reserve bid. I know it might be some language that people don't understand. Can you explain what that means? That works? Yeah, so here in Winnipeg, there's uh, an auction house. Uh, they typically auction houses, uh, it's, it's usually once a week or every two weeks. What, what it is is depending on the amount that the homeowner owes on their property, that's usually what the reserve bid is. So they want to be able to auction the house so that they could pay off any outstanding mortgages or debts on the property. And that's what they set the reserve bid at. And then when you get to the auction house, before you're given a ballot to be able to bid, you have to have a certified check written to the auction house. And uh, that check has to be at least 20% of the amount. So if you know you're going to bid on a house and you don't want to bid more than 100000 then you probably should come with a check for 20000 which represents that 20% uh, deposit. And that's going to be written to the auction house. So with a foreclosure out there, though, the bank actually takes possession of the house and then they're the ones that are selling it. Yeah, so the bank would work with the auction house or they'll go through a realtor mm-hmm. to, to sell the uh, property. Because I know things here work slightly different, just that in that uh, the bank sells the property on behalf of the owner, but it doesn't actually change title to the bank. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different here, and it's another opportunity, a different type of opportunity, right? Yeah, but uh, one thing I definitely learned uh, for somebody just getting started, it's a whole nother ball game. And uh, the biggest thing is if you don't have your financing in place, whether it's cash or private money, you like it might be good to go to the auction house to watch and just to see what's happening, but mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't bid on it. At least not the first time, maybe, or get no. a feel for it, right? Exactly. Did they allow you to go in and have a look at it before you took possession? Were you allowed inspection? Or No, that's up to you. Um, the people were still living in there at the time, even after we bought it. Uh, they actually still lived in the property. But like I said, I was familiar with the neighborhood. I, I live close, uh, close by to the house in that area. So I was familiar with the neighborhood, uh, the market. And um, I did drive by the house, just kind of looked at it and 
based on what the reserve bid was, I felt like it was low enough to take a risk. And uh, that was kind of my rationale at the time in, in, in taking on this project. So that didn't, so, and you still own it? How did it work out? No, that was a flip property. So uh, we ended up getting the financing. We bought the, uh, the house and the day we took possession, we actually went to the house, we knocked on the door and uh, we basically had to explain to the people that uh, their house was auctioned today and we're the new buyers. And, you know, we, we worked with them a little bit. They stayed in the house for about two weeks uh, to find alternative uh, living arrangements. And they left a lot of their stuff, but uh, we just mm-hmm. donated uh, a lot of the stuff that they left in the house to Goodwill. And then we started to work on the property. As far as the flip itself, it was a typical flip where we just did some windows some flooring, we updated the kitchen and bathroom and just paint throughout. And we were able to uh, turn the house around in about two months and uh, list it on the market. No, fantastic. And you cool. did well. Yeah, no, it was a very stressful project. This was my first flip. And because I felt responsible for, I guess, bringing a family member into, into the project, uh, I made sure that I did everything possible so that we weren't going to lose money on the project. So I would work on the house after work, you know, from six till midnight, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and just doing it like that for two months nonstop until the house was ready to go on the market. And when I started the project, I was about uh, 165 pounds. That's probably what I weighed at the time. And uh, I ended up losing 20 pounds. So by the end of the project, I only weighed 145 pounds. And I remember some of my coworkers, I I work thought uh, something was wrong that uh, you know I looked a little bit uh, skinny, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the knowledge and experience, though, right, you gained and it was probably amazing. Exactly, and and that's one thing with those real estate courses where after being involved in different real estate investment clubs, right, you start to realize at some point your knowledge really does come from you know learning from other people and, and your personal firsthand experience is, is really valuable too. Well, I mean, I guess it wasn't a crazy amount of challenges there, but but it sounds like it was definitely nerve-wracking. So you did choose to continue on and do more real estate investing after that first deal. So why don't you tell us what happened after that? Yeah, so after that, uh, you know, even though I made a lot of mistakes, I was able to validate a lot of the things that I thought about real estate. So uh, with, the, with the auction property, you know, I had a, a rough budget and um, – I was able to prove that I knew the market. We sold the house close to what I thought it would sell for. We actually came under budget, but most of it was because we donated our own time and efforts. And um, we actually made a lot more uh, profit than I I had anticipated as well. Um, I wasn't really quite sure what other flippers were making on their projects, but uh, myself and my partner on the first deal, we were just looking to make maybe something like 10,000 just to cover you know, our investments in these courses, but we ended up doing a lot better than that, right? So that really gave me the confidence and, and you know, helped showed me that, you know, there is a, a possibility here to invest my money in real estate. That's when I started creating a, a lead generation system. So that's when I started WeBuyHousesWinnipeg.com. So that's uh, helped me find more deals for our flip projects. So... Uh, how many deals would you say that you find over the average year, let's say, with that? Through our website, uh, it, it really depends. When I first started, I wasn't paying for ads or marketing. It was just all 
organic uh, searches or results. Mm -hmm. And I would say I was getting about five leads a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, today I, I brought on a partner with WeBuyHousesWinnipeg.com and we're putting a lot of money into uh, Google AdWords, Facebook ads. Um, we have a, a, a virtual assistant who posts Kijiji ads for us. So mm -hmm. now we've gotten that up to 10 to 15 leads a month that comes through our website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do those convert? I would say 90% of them are, are deals that we're not interested in. A lot of people are just looking to sell without using an agent. But uh, yeah. we have a good relationship with a realtor here in the city. And, um, you know, we try to convince people that, you know what, if you call guys like us, we're looking, we're probably not going to give you the most attractive offer. So you're probably better off working with an agent who specializes with in your type of property in your neighborhood. So we try to refer those deals to our realtor who uh, mm -hmm. can benefit from, you know, the, the sale of that transaction. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. And uh, so so things started getting a little better after that. And what what, what was the aha moment kind of when everything clicked? Yeah, so after doing my first two flips, my partner at the time, which was a family member, we had just kept the money in a joint account and we were just reinvesting the money into uh, the different projects we were doing together. And through our networks, I met another local investor here in Winnipeg who was more of an advanced investor. He was doing rent-to-own deals, but he was raising money from uh, other investors and he was using the money to do rent-to-own deals. So he had approached us to borrow some money for a short-term project. So I got to play the bank on a project and, you know, I made a little bit of a return. So I got to learn how that part of investing in real estate worked. And then I started uh, referring deals to other investors. So there was uh, one night that I went to a real estate investment club. At the end of the meeting, one of the... Uh, guest there she had just kind of raised her hand and said that she had a deal out in calgary somebody had contacted her through her networks and uh, she knew that it was a deal but she didn't really know anybody out in calgary and she was wondering if uh, anybody at the meeting knew somebody out in calgary so i didn't really say anything but at the end of the the meeting i went and i spoke with her so i told her that i had one contact in calgary who i met through the, the training course that i took this was probably about two years ago but I still kind of stayed in touch with him, right? So I said, you know what? I could take a, take down all the information and I could uh, just give him a call and see if he's interested. And it turns out that he actually owned a property on the very same street with this lead that I got. So I spoke to him about the house. He was actually interested in the property. It was a bi-level side-by-side -side that he was able to convert into a, a legal duplex. So when I referred the deal over to him, and he purchased the property. He actually emailed me $2,000 for bringing him the lead. So more of a referral fee. And mm. uh, I was able to split the uh, $2,000 with the lady from the invest investment club. So she took $1,000 and I got $1,000. So that was the aha moment for me that it really showed me the power of real estate that, you know, you could be very creative with, um, you know, the different types of strategies that are out there. Yeah, I guess that is that what you mean by networking with a purpose then? Exactly. You know, some people just go and socialize and just kind of talk about, you know, the next project that they're working on. Or, But I, I find if you pay attention and, and try to help people solve their problem, then, um, you know, you could get something in return, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did that lead into uh, the thought of creating trulyinvested.ca? Yeah, so Winnipeg had a big real estate investment club. Um, I used to volunteer and help them out. And unfortunately, the group uh, kind of fell apart and they stopped meeting. And after a while, there are some other groups that uh, started here in Winnipeg. But I find the focus of those groups are more about, you know, getting people to come out to their events and then try to sell them on a coaching package. Yeah. But, um, you know, I really felt something was missing, uh, the, the network that I was used to and just connecting with other investors, right? And I heard uh, some other people talking about, you know, it's nice that uh, that we used to have a, a local club and somebody should probably start one again. So I decided, you know what, why not take a shot and, 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 and launch a new club in Winnipeg here? So that's when I decided to start Truly Invested. And uh, the focus of Truly Invested is just to bring like-minded real estate investors together, just to try and build a community of real estate investors. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's always valuable. Yeah. And how long ago did you start that? Uh, that's probably about a year and a half ago. And it's going well? No, things have been good. Um, you know, we started very informal, just meeting at the community center, and then now we're getting about uh, 20 to 25 uh, guests come out each month and our membership is growing. And, um, you know, I met you guys out in Toronto and I also was able to connect with Jillian Irving. So she came out to Winnipeg last fall to talk to our group about uh, investing in student rentals. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year I also met uh, Rich Danby, who's thinking of coming out uh, again this year in the fall to, you know, talk about some of his uh, investment projects. Nice. Yeah. Both previous guests of the show too. I don't know. I don't know the episodes offhand, Rob. Maybe. No, neither do I. Well, Jillian was forty-one, I believe. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple of months ago. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. So everyone should definitely go check out TrulyInvested.ca. Now, again, you mentioned just briefly a couple of things like your uh, virtual assistants, that kind of thing. But uh, what systems are you using to help you manage your businesses? Like, I guess the big two are We Buy Houses Winnipeg and TrulyInvested.ca. Yeah. So I, I find working a full-time job and trying to manage everything really became overwhelming for me, especially with We Buy Houses Winnipeg. Uh, I used to post Kijiji ads looking for distressed home sellers. And uh, I would put my cell number, so I used to get calls that I couldn't answer. I used to get tons of emails, so I'd have to come home, figure out, you know, who called and try to sort through all my emails. And uh, one thing I noticed with trying to buy distressed properties is usually the first person to take action or the first person to actually go out and take a look at the property and make an offer tends to get the deal, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, one of the things that uh, we put in place is working with uh, CRM. So we redid our website, and if somebody was to fill in uh, the form on the website, it goes directly into our CRM system. Uh, the CRM system that we use is called PipeDrive, and PipeDrive allows you to manage all your incoming leads. And it's like a shared workspace that multiple people could collaborate in, and uh, we give our admin our virtual assistant access to our pipe drive system so that she could follow up with all the calls that come in and all the website submissions. Oh, that sounds interesting. Sandy, uh, that was, uh, you were just pouring a drink, right? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that, I wasn't sure. I didn't think that would come through. Yeah, no, you I, didn't take us into the washroom with you. No, I, I was pouring a drink. Yeah. Not, I wasn't <laughs> in the washroom. Not a, not a drink, not a drink, drink, by the way, like a water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 
You know, like I've I looked at uh, other different uh, uh, CRMs or customer relationship management software, and for the price point, I think PipeDrive is less than twenty five dollars a month. It's very easy to set up, and if if you're not tech savvy, you could work with a developer who could help you connect your CRM to other okay. uh, tools that you're using. So in our case, with our website and the um, application directly on the website. So another another tool that we use is uh, our phone management system. So as I mentioned, a lot of my calls used to come directly to the cell phone. And what we did was we created a local phone number for We Buy Houses Winnipeg using a software called CallRail. So CallRail allows you to forward a any local number to any other phone number. Uh, in this case, our virtual assistant is actually based out of Saskatchewan. So all of our Winnipeg calls get forwarded to her in Saskatchewan. So, you know, when somebody calls, it's actually very seamless. She picks up the phone. She answers it. Uh, they really have no idea that she's based out of Saskatchewan, but we have a script that we've given our virtual assistant to follow just to kind of get uh, the basic information from the uh, home seller, right? So things like uh, the address, uh, this current state of the property, what kind of repairs is needed, even the mortgage balance, things like that. She's able to get all that information and then she puts it back into the CRM system for us. And um, my partner and I are able to go into the CRM and just quickly look at the deal and communicate to our virtual assistant that, uh, yes, this is a deal that we're interested in looking at. Please book an appointment. And uh, she's able to do that as well for us. Okay, so now do the calls just go to a voicemail and then she would return them during her hours? Or is she just like on call 24 hours a day or how does that work? Yeah, we're on call 24 hours a day with our oh, phone yeah. numbers, so you can call us anytime. But um, she only answers the phone, I would say, during 9 to 5. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So with CallRail, you could create a voice uh, voicemail system. And what happens is if somebody leaves a voice message, you can send an email to any email address. So all the voicemails get emailed to the virtual assistant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever done like a secret shopper sort of phone call to her to see if she does a good job? Okay, so here's the benefit with CallRail. All your calls are recorded. Oh, So nice. we could actually go into the back end and play all the recordings. You know, with very little training, I'm always amazed with how she handles. She's super professional and how she just handles all the questions. And if she doesn't know the answer to the question, what she usually will say is, um, you know, the guys in the office will get back to you on that or something like that. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I'm always afraid to let somebody else handle calls like that. You know, like for me, I, I, I guess because I still work full time, I prefer not to get any of the calls. With our CRM system, I could we, we showed her how to get the city assessed value. And she's able to copy and paste that information into the specific lead that comes in. Hmm. And yeah. She's able to ask them what, you know, their asking prices. And right away when I log in there, I could see that, okay, the city assessed value is this and they're asking, you know, this amount. So I could quickly gauge if this is a deal we should go look at or maybe just refer to the realtor. Yeah, well, that sounds great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Is there, a, is there a guideline you have in, in, in your area there, Winnipeg, where if you're just using the city assessed value, is the fair market value quite a bit higher than that? Uh, yeah. So our city assessed value here, it's it's two years behind. 
Okay. So they take all the sales comparables and based, on, I guess, on the square footage of your house, they come up with an assessed value for your property. Some neighborhoods, the assessed value is a lot lower. I just use it as a, as a quick gauge. If somebody wants to sell their house, for example, for a hundred thousand and the city assessed value is maybe a hundred and fifty, then, That's you know, there's, yeah, there's $50,000 difference there. So it might be worth taking a look at the house, but. You know, if the city assessed value is a hundred thousand and they want to sell it for a hundred thousand or or more, then I wish that was the way it worked here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a rough uh, guideline, and you know, if it's if it's a property we want to pursue at that point, we will just uh, email our realtor and say, "Can we get the sold data for this property?" And yeah, and, exactly. It's not all about that that specific piece of information. Yeah. Putting everything together is important. Exactly. So. Um, and you've got a couple other ones here. What What is Trello? I've never even heard of that. So uh, a big problem that I have is I like to write a lot. And, um, you know, I have sticky notes all over my office. I have a whiteboard behind me here in my office. And you, you start to just become, you know, consumed with all this paper and information. And, you, you know, you're not quite sure what is what. But Trello is um, it's, it's it's like a whiteboard, a virtual whiteboard. You could creates i so what i've done in trello was i created a board for each one of my projects within the board you could create cards and you could use that to organize everything that's related to that specific project so with the flip that we're currently working on right now me and my business partner chris we use trello to manage uh the project so all of our communication um like we still communicate through email and text, but the majority of it is done through Trello. You could upload pictures, you could set uh, schedules, and you could also have checklists. So, for example, uh, this weekend we want to do some landscaping. So in our Flipboard, we could create tasks like ordering soil, quarter down. Uh, there's a few people that we wanted to help us out as well. So. Every time we complete a task, we could check it off and I could just log in there and see that, okay, Chris has ordered the soil and he's still waiting for me to, you know, follow up with something. So we could use Trello to communicate. Um, I find with emails, you know, once you start an email chain, it, it could get out of hand. And then with text, you have to scroll back through your test just to kind of see what uh, the conversation was about. But in Trello, it's super easy to you know, visually see what's going on with your deal, right? And uh, the best thing about Trello is that it's free. If you're just using the basic version of it, it's free. And even with the free version, there's a lot that you could accomplish with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're saying about the email chains, because a lot of times it'll say, like, landscaping, where meanwhile, now it's moved on to something completely different. Exactly, exactly. So you have a free gift for our listeners. Yeah, that's right. So with Truly Invested, what we've done is we've put together an ebook on how to avoid investing pitfalls. And uh, what we've been able to do is just summarize, uh, you know, the seven tips to avoid becoming a statistic. Uh, when I was researching this, it says that uh, 90 to 95 percent of brand new investors just getting started fail within the very first year. So we put together tips on how to avoid becoming a statistic. Uh, five reasons why you should invest in real estate, three profitable strategies for real estate investors, and 25 commonly used uh, real estate terminology. And uh, I find that part is very important because 
once you get involved in the real estate business, there is a lot of terminology that uh, comes with with, with uh, the business, right? So becoming familiar with the with the terminology really would help you when you're talking with, uh, you know, a lawyer or a realtor, or you're trying to build your power team. You have to be able to use the the same language, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So this ebook is uh, free to download, and uh, the listeners of the podcast can head over to trulyinvested.ca slash ebook. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, no problem. So, Ben, where do you see your business going in the near future then? What's coming near future, maybe, or farther out? You know, in the near future, like, I, I get this sense that, you know, investing in real estate is definitely becoming more popular. And I also think it's going to become more necessary for people who want to you know, create a lifestyle of freedom. Um, you know, today's environment is very fast paced. Everybody's working nine to five and some people are working two jobs. And, you know, we're all trying to get ahead and real estate, I, I think, really is an option that um, people could get themselves into. So I see uh, Truly Invested growing. We want to build Truly Invested as a, you know, as a platform to help investors connect with other investors. Our club is based locally in Winnipeg here, but one thing we want to do with our website is we want to build a forum so that we could take all the conversations that are happening offline so that we could take them online so that people could connect with other investors across Canada as well. So I definitely see Truly Invested growing and also with We Buy Houses Winnipeg, um, with some of the systems that I've been able to put together with my business partner, we definitely um, are building a brand that uh, people can recognize here in Winnipeg as a home buying solution. And, you know, as that brand continues to grow, I want to just focus on, you know, doing the, the consistent flip projects, you know, so that uh, long term, you know, I take the profits from that to build my portfolio. Yeah, you were telling me that your goal is four flips a year. Yeah, so when I was doing uh, the very first couple of projects there, I was doing one a year, and and I find the only reason why I could only do one a year because I was physically exhausted, right? I was working nine to five and then working, you know, five to 11 at night on the properties, right? And the third flip I did, uh, the renovation took a lot longer than what we had thought, so it took four months, and... You know, after that, I really just wanted to take a break, right? But now that I'm working with a business partner, we're able to um, bring on more investors and just focus more on managing projects as opposed to working in projects. Now, uh, you know, with that in place, I can see how it becomes easier to do multiple projects a year. I'm just looking at your website now. It looks pretty interesting. You got some videos up there. You got some other resources. You got that free ebook, events. Yeah, so with Truly Invested, we actually do record all of our events. We get uh, lawyers, accountants, local investors. You know, we're trying to build a community to help brand new investors or seasoned investors as well, right? Guys, I was just thinking, you mentioned uh, how real estate investing is getting so much more popular. do you guys think it is getting a lot more popular now? Like, I, I, I don't know if it's just me. I just, if I think over the last year or so, it seems to me like it's just growing like crazy. Like, sometimes I feel like maybe it's just the market I'm in or the fact that I'm more involved than I've ever been in it. Or is it, do you guys think it's truly just getting a lot more popular amongst the general? I, I, I think it definitely is getting a lot more popular. For example, I, I didn't get to meet you in Toronto, but I've met Rob for the last two years out in Toronto. And this year, I believe there was about 20 people who came out from Winnipeg alone just to go attend the Toronto uh, Real Estate Investors Forum. And mm-hmm. uh, 
Daniel Naj from Winnipeg was actually investor of the year. So it, Winnipeg is, is a very small, isolated market, but uh, there's a lot of big names out here in, in the city of Winnipeg. And, you know, just from family, friends, co-workers, I could tell that there's a buzz around investing in real estate. And I think for us uh, millennials and, and, and the younger generation, you know, investing in RSPs and mutual funds, you know, compared to the older generation is a lot different because you hear stories like my grandpa would say, oh, you know, his mortgage rate used to be 18 percent. But at one time you could just leave your money in the bank and make 7 percent return. Right. Mm-hmm. True enough. Yeah. And you know what? I did have that conversation with somebody just a couple of days ago. My memory of it is. At work, anytime real estate investing would come up, somebody was there saying, "Oh God, don't don't get yourself involved in that. That's way too risky." Yeah, you know. Or, or, and or now you're a slumlord. it does seem to have shifted, right? Exactly. And a lot more are open to the idea, at least. No, and then a lot of people, like especially my take on it here in Winnipeg, um, the younger generation are, are are investing in real estate, and they're very savvy. So. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about some bigger names out here in Winnipeg, right? And when you go to these events that, you know, is held locally here and you get to listen to the different speakers, I'm able to kind of take pieces of their presentation and just shape it a little bit and make it uh, my own, right? So with some of the systems and working with virtual assistants and things like that, right? It's just as I hear other people's stories or how they got started and how they were able to scale their business then i kind of take pieces of that and you know kind of develop it for myself yeah i think there's been a lot of innovation i guess in the way that it's done just compared to the older older investors from 10 20 plus years ago where yeah it was there wasn't as much technology involved there was a whole lot there was more just hands-on exactly Um, and and i think yeah i think the younger generation it's more popular it's more in the news all the time and to me, it's just so obvious. Yeah. Great strategy. And, and, and think, another think, thing, too, is uh, the bandit signs. Uh, you know, in, in, in Winnipeg here, I remember at one time when I, when I used to see a bandit sign, I knew exactly who it was. But now there's so many people who, you know, they take those week, weekend courses. And one of these strategies is to, you know, flood the city with bandit signs. So everywhere you go, you yeah. see bandit signs. And even the other day, um, I, I got one of those yellow letters in my mailbox, right? So some people just choose an area and they send out a thousand letters to the entire area, right? Yeah. Now, where, where are your virtual assistants from? Are they out, out of country? Are they in a different country? Yeah, so I, I started... Um, when I decided to try working with a virtual assistant, I started with using Upwork. Yeah. So Upwork is a little bit unique where you just post a job and then people respond to your job and then you could hire somebody and then Upwork kind of becomes the, the middleman between them. Yeah. And um, I actually hired somebody out of Las Vegas to make a bunch of phone calls. When Jillian was coming to Winnipeg, I had a list of everybody who's attended our events. So, you know, it probably would have taken me, you know, five or six hours to make all those phone calls myself. But uh, I was able to post a job on Upwork. I set my budget, I believe it was $200, and uh, I had a virtual assistant out of Las Vegas make um, probably about 100 phone calls for me. And uh, using CallRail, she's able to log into CallRail from Las Vegas and call people from my local Winnipeg number. So that's how I kind of got started. And then with We Buy Houses Winnipeg, our virtual assistant there is based out of Saskatchewan. And with Truly Invested, I, I'm working with somebody who lives just outside of Winnipeg. Cool. 
Yeah, and, and that's the beauty about working with a virtual assistant. They could really be based anywhere in the world. The, I guess the only things to consider is just the time zone and I guess languages uh, language barrier it could yeah. be another thing right okay well what's your top tip or advice for our listeners here tonight what's the top thing you could say to help people along their way in this awesome world of investing in real estate you know one thing I, I've noticed is real estate investing becoming more and more popular you know there's this itch just to put your job and jump into real estate full-time right but People who are just getting started, I, I think they need to just be aware that, you know, having a full-time job and investing is not really a downfall, right? In my case, I've been working in, in my career for uh, going on 11 years now. Like, I've, I've been very fortunate. I started when I was 20 years old and uh, 11 years into it, I've been able to actually leverage my credit, you know, my income to secure uh, personal lines of credit with my credit cards. And also once I incorporated my uh, business, I also got a business line of credit. And I know a lot of the gurus talk about how to invest in real estate with none of your own money or none of your own credit. But in my case, because of having a full-time job, um, I was able to leverage that. And I have over $100,000 in unsecured lines of credit, whether it's through a credit card a personal line of credit or a business line of credit. So that's how I'm able to fund some of my renovation projects now. Yeah, and uh, and sure you can do it with like little to no money down, but that's just an entry. That's just an entryway. No, it is. Gonna... And and you know it's yeah. like I find with time once you've built a track record, it does become easier to do deals with no money because now people want to partner with you, people see what you're doing and they see that you you know you're successful. And uh, they want to lend you money to do deals. But when you're first getting started and you've never done a deal, it's hard to kind of convince somebody to lend you money or some of the more creative strategies like vendor take back and things like that. It's hard to execute those when you're just getting started. But, you know, if you're working a job and you have good credit and good income, then, you know, uh, a line of credit is something that, you know, becomes very valuable for you. Right. So, uh, Ben, what book would you recommend as required reading for someone serious about learning about real estate investing? Yeah, I know, um, you know, finding time to read books is, is a little bit difficult, but um, there's a few uh, well-known real estate investors here uh, in, in Winnipeg, and one of them wrote a book called The Money Tree, and that one is by Nelson Camp, and it's about how to become a millionaire in five years through investing in real estate. So uh, what Nelson has done was he's he was able to start off very basic, explaining, uh, you know, some of the basic concepts about investing in real estate and then really go into what he does best, which is, you know, adding uh, value add projects. So what he does is he converts duplexes into triplexes or single family homes into duplexes. And then he's able to refinance because of the forced appreciation that he was able to create. So his book is called The Money Tree. And uh, the second book that I probably would want to recommend as well is the book by Julie Broad, More Than Cash Flow. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. And the thing I, I like and I appreciate about Julie is she's very open and honest. You know, investing in real estate is exciting. And, and as we talked about, like uh, the growth of it. But, you know, there is this part of the industry that's very, you know, shady or it can be very misleading and, you know, could lead people astray. Right. But Julie kind of talks about her experience and she's open and honest about, you know, like the business is good, but there is this kind of bad part to it. So that's a it's a good read as well. 
And she, Yo, thank you for sharing those. Uh, Sandy, you got something? I was going to say, she's also a friend and former guest of the show as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't remember the episode number, but some, you yeah, can she, she talked, for sure. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, branding yourself, right? The importance of mm-hmm. creating a brand. And the first book, Money Tree, is that on, can we find that on Amazon? I believe it should be available on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But and who did you, sorry, who did you say the author is? His name is Nelson Camp. He's also written for Canadian Real Estate and Wealth Magazine. Okay, yeah. good. So, Ben, the final question, how can people learn more about you? I guess the best way for people to get in touch with me would be either through Facebook or LinkedIn. And if they want to learn more about Truly Invested, you could visit trulyinvested.ca. Don't forget about uh, the free ebook that we're giving away at uh, trulyinvested.ca slash ebook. And uh, they can find Truly Invested on Facebook as well. So we try to post some motivational things and we share um, blog posts and, and how to tips on tricks on how to invest in real estate on our Facebook page as well. Okay, awesome. Cool. Well, you know what? We're going to put all of the links to your LinkedIn and Facebook if you want us to. Uh, yeah, no, please go ahead. In the show notes and uh, as well as your phone number, home address. Yes. Yeah. Where, you, where you work and everything What else vehicle I drive. Yeah. Yeah. And how to get their hands on that $100,000 in uh, line of credit that you have. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on the show. This was great. No, thank you, guys. Uh, you know, I really do enjoy listening to the show. All right. Yeah, well, great. thanks a lot. Thanks again. I appreciate you coming on, sharing everything with everybody. This is going to be a great episode, and I guess we will talk to you all next time. You know what, though? Um, let's throw our stuff out there again, Sandy. So if anyone wants to reach me, they can call me at 289-927-0464, as well as you can reach us at info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca. Awesome. Yeah. Yep, and of course, anyone wants to talk about Hamilton, talk about anything investing this way, you might sell them as 416-567-3866. Always happy to help, whether it's someone just getting started or someone more experienced, you know, we're out here to help, so reach out. All right, everyone, it's time to become truly invested. That's right. <laughs> nice closing. Oh, yeah, have a good I night. Guess. <laughs> All right, good night. Bye. See ya. Bye.